Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the expository story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Daniel stood there. He was looking down into the pit, but it was dark. It was so dark, and the men around him holding him, they're about to throw him down into that pit, but you know what? He couldn't see much, but he could hear. He could hear the lion's growl. And ever so often, he could hear a roar of the lions below. He looked down, and all he could see was swirling shadows, but that sound... That sound. He looked at his captors and (laughs) they were happy. They were smiling away because it's dark. It's probably 10 at night, you know, or maybe earlier, maybe seven or eight, but it's dark and they're about to get rid of Daniel. The one they hate the most. The one that he was about to become the the head ruler over them, they weren't going to let this Jewish exile. He wasn't even one of them. He wasn't even a Mede. He wasn't even a Persian. He wasn't one of them. He didn't deserve that title and how they were going to get rid of him in the worst way possible by throwing him into this pit of hungry, ravenous lions. That is what they were going to do, and it was going to be great. So they grabbed Daniel by the back of the neck. I think Daniel looked up, said a prayer to Yahweh, and then they threw him down into that pit to be devoured by those lions, and they were so happy. Now, you ever wonder, what did Daniel think as he was about to be thrown into that pit? Well, if you turn to Daniel chapter 6 in your Bible, we're going to hear about the story of Daniel and what he went through. But the one thing I want you to remember is the simple word, faith. Daniel stood in faith. Daniel lived by faith. But he didn't just live by faith in himself. He didn't just live by faith in his own abilities. You know what? He lived by faith in Almighty God. He lived by faith in Yahweh and Days before, he said, you know what? I don't care what happens. I'm going to live by faith in Yahweh, and I'm going to choose to follow him no matter what it takes. And he probably thought back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and and how they were thrown into a fiery furnace, and yet by faith they were willing to potentially die because they'd rather die and follow Yahweh and not walk by faith and and follow some other God. And, you know, for people like me who waffle in our faith, when things are going my way, yeah, I have great faith. But when things don't go my way, when things go against me, man, my faith is shaky. And I need to be reminded again and again about the story of Daniel 
facing the lions. Well, the question is, how did we get here? How did we get to the point where Daniel is about to be thrown in the lion's den? Remember, in chapter 5, he had just been raised, at the end of chapter 5, he'd been raised to third in command. Right behind two kings, here he was, third in command. There is no way he should be, at this point, being thrown into a lion's den. That makes no sense. How did we get here? Well, we got here because King Cyrus took over. He killed King Belshazzar. He invaded the city of Babylon. He took down King Nabonidus, king of the Medes and the Persians, was now in control of that whole kingdom with King Cyrus at the top. Now, it's interesting, in Daniel chapter 6, they talk about King Darius. And some people like to point at that and say, hey, look, see, you can't trust the Bible. There, there is no mention of King Darius in extra-biblical literature outside the Bible. Nobody hears of King Darius. You don't hear of his name. It's all made up, just like all these stories in Daniel. Well, I do want to say, you know, if you look it up, if you take the time to research, there are four easy answers to this, who that person is and what it could mean and and of all the four, which you can look up and take your time to research, of all the four, you know what? The one that makes most sense to me is that Darius is basically another word for king. You know, it was a kingly title, like your royal highness, your royal Darius, King Darius. It was basically a royal title. And so I think what Daniel was referring to here when he says King Darius, he's referring to King Cyrus himself. I mean, it makes sense. This guy's a lot of power. He can write laws into being that have to be followed. This has to be one of the head honchos. Some of the other theories are this was a um, co-regent or maybe a man left behind to be in charge of Babylon. I'm not certain, but I believe that this is just another term. When you see Darius, that's another term for King Cyrus. King Cyrus himself. Well, it says there in Daniel chapter 5 that Darius, he just thinks Daniel cannot be beat by anybody. Because remember, he took over Babylon. Daniel had been third in command. Well, Daniel just sort of joined King Cyrus's court at that point. And they decided, the Medes and the Persians decided they had a hot, to take all their territory, which was one of the biggest at that time, and to separate it into 120 what they called satraps or territories. And then they would put three officials in charge of those 120. So they split those 120 satraps between these three high officials is what the Bible says. And one of those high officials was Daniel. Well, they had to make sure their territory, you know, paid taxes. They had to make sure their territory did well. They had to make sure their territory was free from invasion and everything was taken care of. Well, Daniel, he wasn't just good at interpreting dreams. Remember, he went through all the learning of the Chaldeans and came out on top. Well, it shows here because Daniel... He is an administrator beyond all administrators. Now, that may not sound that exciting to you, but I'm telling you, if you are a great administrator, wow, people notice. 
he was also a great politician, it seems. He got along well with people. He knew how to administer money, finances, taxes. Everything flowed in his territories, probably better than the others. And Darius, King Cyrus, when he looked at the three officials and saw what they were doing, he looked at Daniel and said, what you do is even better than the other officials. What you're accomplishing with your 40 territories is so awesome. You know what I'm going to do, he thought? I'm going to make you the head over these two other officials. That's what I'm going to do. I'm so pleased with you, Daniel. Well, do you think those two other officials were happy with that? Nope. Not at all. And so they got together the governors and they got together officers and they got together all the other officials of these 120 satraps or territories. And they basically got as many people as they could and they got them in a room and they said, you know what? We can't let this Daniel do that. This exile of Judah, this Jewish exile. I mean, they still didn't consider Daniel one of them. You know, he was a foreigner from Israel, one of those people. And we can't let him rule over us. And they're all like, no, 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 we can't do that. No, no. So what are we going to do? All right. Come on, people. Let's throw me the dirt. Come on. We can bring up some dirt and throw it in King Cyrus's face. And then he'll have to be mean to them. All right. Give me the dirt. What is it? What is it? Anybody... You know, did he did he murder anybody? Oh, no, 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 I can't. Nope, nope, can't think of anything there. Did he uh, backstab somebody? Did he did he sleep with somebody's wife? You know, I bet he had an affair. I mean, they must have done something. The guy's 80 or 90. He must have done something in his life that was bad. And they looked around the room and they talked and they're like, nope, nope. Did we catch him in a lie? He must have lied at some point. No, no, I can't think of all right, all right, let's go down a little bit. Did he make illegal photocopies? Did he do that? We all make illegal photocopies. You know, when you're not supposed to really photocopy because it's for personal use. You're only supposed to use the photocopier for government use. He must have, you know, he must have done something with photocopy. He must have, or, or, or paper clips. Did he steal paper clips? I bet he stole some paper clips. You know, I bet he took a pen he wasn't supposed to take home. I bet he did that. And they all looked at each other and they thought to themselves and they talked and looked and searched and thought through it. And at the end of the day, the Bible says they could find nothing wrong that Daniel did. They couldn't find any grounds to find any complaint against him. I mean, again, think about it. This guy's in his late 80s, early 90s at this point, And he has lived such a faithful life that nobody can call him a murderer, a flanderer, a, a backstabber, a gossip. Even, you know, white-collar crime like stealing pens, doing photocopies you shouldn't do. Nobody could find anything wrong with him. They couldn't, as the Bible says in verse 4, find any fault in Daniel. I mean, wouldn't that be great to be said of you? You know, people say, hey, there's something wrong with John. I know there's something wrong with Dr. K, you know. And trust me, you can find a lot of problems with me. And I have made a lot of mistakes. And I continue to fail. But it's not true about Daniel. Wouldn't that be great if your coworkers said that about you at the end of the day? If somebody was trying to get you 
or if they got together to gossip about all your bad things and they couldn't find anything, man, I'd love that to be said of me. Well, then they were like, well, what do we do? I don't know. What are we going to get him on? And then they finally said, the only way we're going to find a complaint against him is with his religion. And they all thought to themselves, yeah, he worships that Yahweh, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? I think he worships and bows down to Yahweh three times a day, morning, noon, and then in the evening. Yeah, I see him up there on his roof. You know, he's got that chamber up there where it's nice and airy. We all do. Yeah, yeah, I like to sit out on my chair and take in the nice breeze and eat me some nice olives and eat some nice hummus and toast. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Daniel does that too, but he also prays up there. I've seen him. Yeah, I know. You can't get together with him at noon to discuss about governmental stuff because he's always off praying. You can't get together with him in the evening because he's praying. Yeah, everybody knows Daniel. Then one of them thinks, you know what? Everybody does know Daniel, and that's where we're going to get him because he worships that God. What's the name of that God? Yah, Yah, Yahweh, Yahweh, Jehovah, Yahweh, something like that. Yeah, yeah, we don't worship him. No, no, we worship Marduk, Nabu, some of those Babylonian gods. You know what? Cyrus, he's a bit of a cocky, prideful guy. And some things have been going well for him. And then all of a sudden, somebody comes up with a great idea. He's just had some good wars. He's just won a whole bunch of battles. He's getting the most money he's ever had in his life. The kingdom's doing well. I, he's like a god. I got it, guys. I got it. Listen. And they all gather around him. What we're going to do is we're going to butter him up. And we're going to say, hey, oh, great king. Oh, wonderful king. You are so awesome. To just celebrate your brilliance, to celebrate your awesomeness, let's say for the next 30 days, no one can worship any god or man but you. Wouldn't that be a great honor, King Cyrus? You're like, oh, I like that idea. But then somebody's like, uh, well, we're worshiping King Cyrus, so what's the big deal? How does that get Daniel? The whole room turns and says don't you get it daniel worships who morning noon and night yahweh and how does he worship him he bows down and he bows down to yahweh and that would be worshiping another god and not cyrus and then we would get daniel in trouble yes and they all start high-fiving and so they rush off the next day in the morning and they go to, oh, King Cyrus, and they really butter him up, you know. It says the, high, the two high officials and a whole bunch of governors and other officials come to King Cyrus and they say, oh, King Cyrus, live forever. King Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom lie, number one, right, because there's three of them and only two of them are there. So we can't say all the high officials, but they say they did. You know, all the high officials want to so honor you, King Darius, want to so make your name great that we have decided for the next 30 days, the next 30 days, we're going to treat you like a god. And if anybody worships another god but you or another man but you, they will be thrown into a den of lies. What do you think about that, King? What do you think about that? 
Now King Darius slash Cyrus is thinking to himself, I like it. Yes, I have accomplished great things. Yes, things have been going well with me. You know what? I am sort of like a god, and this guy isn't that smart, you know? Because he loves Daniel. We're going to find out in the later end of this chapter, he really loves Daniel. And doesn't he understand what's about to happen? I don't know. I don't know how smart King Darius slash Cyrus was here. But then he says, all right, let's do that. You, for the next 30 days, anybody who worships another god, and that includes bowing down, right, king? Yep, 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 I like that. And that includes, like, offering sacrifices. Yep, yep, I like that, I like that. And if they worship any other god or any other man, they'll be thrown into that den of lions you have outside the city. Ooh, yeah. I like that idea. Torn limb from limb. Yes, if they don't worship me, let's do it. So they give him the proclamation. And the king takes out his pen, dips it in some ink. Or maybe he just pressed it in the clay at that point. Or maybe he took his royal ring. Either way, he signed this royal decree that if anybody worshipped any other god but King Darius slash Cyrus, they would be thrown into the lion's den. Now, where's Daniel in all this, you know? Well, number one, I think they were doing this all behind his back. And number two, I think he knew what was happening. I think he'd heard rumors of what these 122 men were trying to do against his one Daniel. Think of all the men amassed in array against Daniel to crush him, to push him down. So you know what Daniel did? He went to work like normal. And as he sits there, you know, you can imagine it. It's around 11.55, waves at his secretary. She's doing well, you know. But the secretary's probably heard the news of that proclamation that's just been written. Bloop! Up comes the email with the new law saying, if anybody worships any other god but Cyrus for the next 30 days, we're celebrating the king. And I can imagine Daniel's secretary gets it. She looks up and she looks over at Daniel. She looks at her sundial watch and she's like, oh, man, it's nearly noon. I know what Daniel does at noon. Oh, man, I love Daniel. But the, he worships Yahweh at noon. He's always off on his prayer time. He, he wouldn't do that now, would he? And I think when Daniel reads that message, I wonder what he thought. Me, I would have thought, you know what? God will understand. I'll just, uh, I'll worship in my closet for the next 30 days where nobody can see me, you know? We're supposed to keep our prayers silent anyway and quiet. Or or maybe I'll, I'll just not worship God for the next 30 days. It'll be like some weird spiritual fast. But God will understand because, hello, my life is on the line. You don't want me to die See, I would be able to come up with ways to get around this and still please God, but Daniel's a better man than me. And Daniel lives by faith in Yahweh. And he trusts Yahweh. And he says to himself, you know what? Am I going to let man's decree defy God's law? Later on in the book of Acts, these men came to the apostles and said, stop worshiping God. Stop 
going out and telling other people about Jesus. And they said, we would rather obey God than men. And I think that statement all the way in the future comes all the way back here to Daniel. Remember, this is written to people in exile who are rebuilding the temple in Israel and Jerusalem. And are they going to give in to the Gentiles and the pagan pressure around them? Are they going to stand firm? Are they going to stand true to what their God commands, just like Daniel? Because Daniel, it's at noon. He gets up and he says, hey, Florence, I'm going to go for my daily prayer. Okay, okay, I got it. And maybe she starts to cry because she knows I love him. I know what's about to happen. And he goes home and he goes up to his upper chamber. It's a nice, cool breeze in the afternoon. And he gets down on his knees and he bows down. And the Bible says, gives a prayer of thanksgiving. To me, that's amazing, you know. I would give some prayer of, you know, God's wrath, God's judgment. It's called imprecatory prayer upon all my enemies. But not Daniel. He gives a prayer of thanksgiving. I can imagine across the street, huddled in Frank's upper chamber, all these people with their binoculars and their cameras. Somebody's drawing because they didn't have cameras back then. You saw it. You saw it. You saw it. Four or five witnesses. We saw it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's good enough. And they saw Daniel bow. And they saw Daniel worship Yahweh. Was he allowed to do that according to King Cyrus? No. So these sniveling little rats, they drop everything and they run to King Cyrus. And they say, hey, king, what was your law that you just wrote that if anybody worships any other god besides you? Yeah, 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 yeah. What would happen to them? Oh, they'll be thrown into a, a den of lions, a pit literally of lions. Hey, they look at each other. You know what we just discovered? We just discovered your man Daniel worshiping his God Yahweh. We just saw him bowing down. Hey, Frank, did you see him? Yeah. Hey, Bob, did you see him? Yeah. Yeah. Richard, did you see him? Yeah. Yeah. We all saw him. We saw him bowing. That means he's got to die. It says there they saw this exile from Judah. Again, they're trying to slander him and put him down. He was bowing to another god. Guess what? He's got to die. And it says that King Darius slash Cyrus, he was distraught. He was terribly discouraged. And, and it says that he labored till the sun went down to try to rescue Daniel. You know, it says he was much distressed. And I, I'm sure he said, what? And then he realized these men tricked him. And so he got his lawyers. Hey, we've got to come up with a way out of this one. Come on, I pay you enough. Let's let's look at all the laws. And they looked at all the laws. And they looked at all the clauses. And they looked at all the ways out. And then they looked up all the old laws. And they looked up the old statutes. Then they looked up ways to magically make it disappear. Maybe they could give money. But over and over and over again, they ran up against this big problem. Once it was written down as a law of the Medes and Persians, it could never be changed.
It can never be changed. So I can imagine it's getting dark. The sun's about to go down. And the other men around him are, hee hee, they're gleefully happy. Yes, we got Daniel. And so they run to his house and they grab him. And they bring him out to this lion's pit. And literally that word den could be translated pit. Now, some people think it might have had three or four lions. No, this was probably a pit full of maybe 30, 40, 50 hungry, ravenous lions. They used to feed him just enough to keep him alive. But then they would put him in this pit where they had a hole at the top where you could throw people down in and people would immediately get eaten by the lions. They were that hungry. And then they would have this hole on the side where you could roll a rock in front of and close it and then push it away to go inside where you could also throw in meat to the animals that way or maybe go in and clean things. Well, here they took Daniel. Like I said at the beginning, it was dark. And they were so happy. And they threw him into the pit. And ah, they could hear Daniel maybe yelling. And thunk, he hits the ground. And then they heard the lions. And they all walked away. King Darius, he rolled that stone over the hole on the side of the pit. Sealed it with his ring. He was so sad. Like I said, he loved Daniel. But it was because of his stupid law that Daniel had to die. And then it says in verse 18 there in Daniel chapter 6 that the king goes back to his palace. And he can't sleep. He fasts and prays for Daniel. And people try to bring in what they call diversions, you know, to, hey, hey, we, we, let's watch some ESPN. Yeah, let's watch that. Yeah, yeah, no, okay, no, I don't want to watch any TV. What about Daniel? So they bring in a comedian. Hey, we got three or four good stand-up comedians. And they start telling jokes, and they're like, no, no, Darius slash Cyrus says, I don't want to hear any jokes. No, nothing, no, go away. And then they try to bring him food. They try to bring him drink. And he ignored it all. And sleep, as the Bible says, fled from him. Because he was worried, fasting, sad for Daniel. And then the next day, the light broke. And King Darius slash Cyrus, he thinks, hey, now's my chance. Let's go. Let's find out if, 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 if Daniel made it. And he starts to run towards the den of lions. And as he comes near, he cries out, the Bible says, in a tone of anguish. He's that nervous. He's that scared. He cries out in fear. Oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? Notice what he says. He says, I know your God is this, you know, the living God. That's a big term, this idea that you you serve this majestic, all-powerful God. But notice what it says there, too, whom you serve continually. Everybody knew Daniel served Yahweh. He wasn't some Christian hiding behind some sort of 
weird disguise or he wasn't a follower of Yahweh hiding behind some weird disguise. He was a man. He was a Jewish man full of faith in Yahweh, and he was not going to hide his devotion, his worship of Yahweh to anybody. And man, again, I wonder, what does that say about me when people see me at work, when they see you at school, when they see you about town? Whatever it happens to be, do people say that is a man who serves Jesus continually? That is a woman who serves the Lord Jesus as her Savior continually in the way she works, in the way she acts, and she always works hard. The Bible says, do your work as unto the Lord. That's one way people say he or she serves the Lord continually when they looked at Daniel. They saw his life. He spoke of Yahweh. He wasn't afraid to be a follower of Yahweh. And King Darius slash Cyrus knew this. And he comes running towards that pit. He says, hey, Daniel, please, did you make it? Are you alive? Did your God deliver you from the lions? I can imagine he's probably yelling in that rock where he, that he rolled over the hole that he sealed and he rips off the seal and then he waits and he hears nothing. He doesn't hear anything, which is really peculiar because he doesn't hear any of the lions growling. And maybe somebody ran to the top of the pit and they say, hey, King, you got to come up here and look. And King Darius slash Cyrus runs up and there's Daniel maybe looking up at him and says, oh, King, live forever. He says, my God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths, and they have not harmed me. And it says the king was amazed, and they pulled Daniel out of the pit, and they, they looked at him, and they saw that absolutely no harm had come to him. His clothes weren't ripped. There were no scratches on his face. It seems that when they threw Daniel in, he fell, and boom, he hits the ground, and maybe the Lions were about to pounce, and then comes an angel. Some people think the angel Gabriel, because he's later mentioned in the book. Some people think, you know, this might have been the angel of the Lord, you know, Jesus himself. But either way, this angel, it says, sent from God, came. And I can imagine, drew a sword, and, and all the lions. Their teeth were bare, and when they saw that angel, and their claws went in, and the angel said, Bad kitty, sit down. The first lion did. Bad kitty, sit down. The second lion did. Bad kitty, sit down. And the third lion did. And I can imagine all these lions just shriveled up in fear and sat there. Then the rest of the evening, I wonder what the angel and Daniel did. I wonder if they chatted, talked about their day, you know, talked about what it was like to be an angel, maybe. Or, or maybe the angel told Daniel what a good job he was doing and how pleased the Lord was with him and 
maybe Daniel went around and, you know, he'd always wanted to pet a lion and he petted one by the mane and scratched it on its belly. And they chatted for those five, six, seven hours. And then the angel left. But those lions weren't going to move. They were scared to death. Absolutely afraid of this man. And when King Darius slash Cyrus came and they pulled him out and they were amazed. And the king, he begins to think, you know whose fault this was. And he looks around him. Probably all those officials and probably all those governors had all showed up to see the mangled corpse of Daniel. But instead... They see Daniel completely whole and unharmed and King Darius turns around and he says, all right, I command that all of you get thrown into the lion's den. It says they threw them, all his accusers and their children and their wives. And it says they gathered them all and threw them into that pit. And before they even reached the ground, these lions were so hungry. It says they dashed and broke the bones of these people to pieces and tore them up, overpowered them. You know, on one note, this story ends on a sad note because these people who were accusing Daniel, they did a horrible thing. But guess who also had to pay their wives and their children? And I think it just shows again and again the basic principle that when you sin, when you choose wrong, it doesn't just impact you. It impacts your family. It impacts those around you. It impacts a lot of people. Those wives and children were hurt because their fathers did wrong. But I also think it ends on a positive note too, right? Because the king then makes this decree. Just like his ancestor Nebuchadnezzar before him. And he makes this decree that... All the people in all the land, in all his territory, verse 26, are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. And throughout all this territory, Cyrus isn't praised, but it's Yahweh. It's God Almighty. And I just want to encourage you, for those of you who wobble in your faith like me, you know, memorize this piece of scripture. He is the living God. His kingdom shall never be destroyed. He delivers and rescues that same God is alive today. That same God sent his son Jesus to die in your place for your sin. And then that same God resurrected his son Jesus. Jesus conquered death and is now seated at the right hand, the power with that same God, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're all one God. But that same God says, I want you to follow my son, Jesus. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Are you going to follow me? 
Are you going to stand by what is right no matter what the culture says? Are you going to stand by what is right no matter what other people are doing around you? Are you going to stand by what is right no matter what you're pressured to do at work or what seems like the nice way out? Are you going to stand, Jesus says? I pray and I hope that we will all learn to live with the kind of faith that Daniel had. May that be said of us today. Baldhead Bible Podcast is created by Dr. John Katzian. Music composed and performed by Elijah Katzian. Edited by Lincoln Katzian. If you would like to listen to more of Baldhead Bible Podcast, please subscribe. New episodes added every week. 